Welcome to the RPGBot.News. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Campstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. Hello, travelers. And today we have a special guest with us, David Shulman. Very happy to be here. Hi, everyone. All right, Tyler, what is happening? Well, I'm very excited to have David Shulman back on the podcast. Uh, for those of you who might not remember, David Shulman is the co-founder of Describe. Uh, he's a former lawyer, and we're not going to make him talk about the open gaming license. Oh, thank uh, God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I mean, I'd be up for it, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so calling back to RPG Bot's history with Describe, uh, we started working with Describe around when they launched in early 2021. Um, our fifth edition class handbooks, all of the staple builds have a description at the top of them from Describe. And that's been like that's been up there for two years. Um, we had David on the show. We're recording this 11 months from the day that the previous recording with David released. So, you know, like for you out there in the world, it'd be like almost exactly a year. And we're very excited to have David back. Describe has been doing a ton of great stuff since we talked to David last. And we're going to talk about both what we haven't covered yet, like what is new and what's upcoming. Yeah, and I'm so excited to to talk about that. And, you know, you you mentioned it's been a year it definitely doesn't feel like it. It feels like we were chatting um, just last week. It, it, the year's flown by, and I think that's a product of you know how much has been going on in the TTRPG community, in the world, in D, you know at Describe. But I'm I'm thrilled to be back, and you know happy to bring everyone up to speed. Yeah, it's it's always wild. I feel like when we think about what happens in a given amount of time, right? So sure, it feels like a month ago that we were talking. But it also feels like five years worth of effort have happened at Describe. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know how both those things can be true. Well, I feel like I've aged about five years in, in the past year. And part, part of that might be my, my uh, one-year-old son. But um, That'll do it. <laughs> so, David, last time we had you on, you told us that Describe had around 6,500 scenes on the site. It's been a little less than a year. Like, what's that number up to now? Yeah, so we we just published um, like scene ten thousand. Wow! But we, it's a big number. Okay, so we haven't slowed down. Uh, on the contrary, um, but what's not reflected in that number are all of the sci-fi scenes, which is a bit of a teaser that we've drafted and edited, but we haven't published yet because we want to launch the sci-fi library. You know, with a critical mass of scenes, um, all the subgenres covered. That work's coming along, you know, really nicely. I don't have a specific date yet on when the sci-fi library will launch on Describe, but you know, it's definitely going to be this year, uh, probably a couple more months away, but uh, I'm so excited about that. So, you know, overnight on when we launch that, it's going to go from, you know, 10 to maybe 11 or 12,000 scenes. Okay, I, I want to ask to connect this to folks at home. What are some of the games that folks are likely playing where when you're building out this library, you're thinking this is going to be awesome for, you know, I'll say, I'll throw some out there like Death in Space, Alien. Shadowrun is another popular run and uh, Starfinder uh, is another big one. I will be completely candid with you. I've never had the opportunity to play sci-fi TTRPG. Desperately want to, but... I know the genre well. It's you know I I, I read a lot of sci-fi, and fortunately, um, I'm not one of the writers or editors. The writers and editors of Discover are far more talented and well better <laughs> read than I am. In any event, but I think you know I think, and we've seen this over the past year in particular. The community is exploring more game systems and more genres, like more than ever before, and so we're really excited to explore you know, with them and, and push the boundaries of, of our uh, box text um, content and other types of content. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And I know we, we have a lot of folks who follow the show who enjoy these games. So seeing, you know, the same way that what you've done for the fantasy genre so far being carried over to like sci-fi, uh, to me, that's really exciting. Yeah. I've, um, I've been reading, you know, the drafts as they come in and they're just like fantastic. I mean, in two or three sentences, you are immersed and reminded of a lot of, you know, really nostalgic uh, sci-fi films and, and novels. And it just makes me excited to 
to explore those worlds, uh, maybe those game systems. I remember last time we held up some text from Describe against Tolkien and like it it held up really, really well. So I'm <laughs> I'm excited to see that same level of quality taken to the new genre. Gosh, we would never, you know, we would never make that claim. It's such a grand claim, but uh, you know, I, I I can't say I was disappointed when we discovered that <laughs> well next time we'll have to compare it compare it to uh descriptions in frank herbert frank herbert let's doing. do it yeah we'll grab some asimov we're gonna we're gonna do game show 2.0 i think that's actually the only time we've done a game show on this show so i'm looking forward to it yeah. that was fun i remember that it does sound like it was really cool <laughs> Another thing that I think is new since last year, since we last talked, is uh, character art through Describe. So we recorded some one-shots, one for Halloween, one for Christmas, uh, a little bit over a year ago. And we worked with Describe to put together character art for the characters that Tyler and Random were playing. How's that product been received? How's that been going? It is more popular than ever. Um, So almost on a weekly basis, we receive new commissions for um for characters character commissions um uh illustrations and they they always are paired with the character descriptions that we do so it starts with a request for a character description that gets assigned to a writer and then the site provides our amazing users the opportunity to to commission an illustration to go along with it and once both are done they're they're published together on the site and you've seen that with your own characters and Tyler, is it is it George or Georg or Georg? Georg, right? I, I knew I'd heard that before. Yeah, it was it was going to be a, a running gag for the character. Like every time, it would be some slight variation on George. <laughs> I love that. Is how's he doing? Is he okay? <laughs> Isn't he dead? Uh, pretty oh, yeah. sure he died. Um, oh, yeah. flung, no, flung no, through no, no, time, no. met a dragon. <laughs> No, 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 no. I think where we last left him, he's actually with Ash in a swamp holding a sword. Uh, And I'll have you know. Oh, that's right. When when we found the sword, we used a describe, I used a describe scene for setting the scene of of what happened when that happened. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. I'm not going to say anymore. Well, we, um, you know, the, the, the pitch for these character illustrations is it's a great way to bring your character to life, but it's also a great way to sort of commemorate them in memoriam. So um, that's always an option. Uh, but there, there are now um, dozens, if not hundreds of them uh, on the site. And uh, typically when a new one is, is, is finished, because it, you know, it takes, the, the illustrator really takes uh their time with it and they're all outstanding i mean they're they're super top notch but once once they're finally published we uh we always share that news with everyone through our monthly newsletter and so the whole community gets to see them and it's it's a, it's terrific yeah and it, it was it was really beautiful so the 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 prompt for this is right you ask a little bit about the character so the artist kind of knows what to go for i think one of the coolest things that i saw when this happened is there was a, a little memento that had come up in in the course of gameplay for Random's character, where he carried something special that uh, his mom had given him before he was given up for adoption, or his parents had given him before he was given up for adoption. Uh, and so in the artist rendition, that memento was actually like hanging out of the shirt and like clearly visible that it was there. And it was definitely like a touching point of like, okay, sure, you know, we work together in the storytelling of playing the game to create that, but the artist captured it and made it a subtle part of the character so that even visually you know, that was in front of you and you could have that callback to say, I know what that is and that's special. Versus anybody else just looking at it would say, it's just another accoutrement to the character. It is very special. And it's nice that the the writer and the illustrator, they're working with the same set of information. Like, so that form that you refer to, it's sort of a Cosmo 20 questions and we get, you know, b- both sort of biographical information, but also descriptive information. And it's all combined uh, into into both the description, the written description, and the illustration. And yeah, I think it really brings the character to life um, in a way that hopefully sort of corresponds with your 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 you know the vision that you have of your own character in your mind's eye. But and so far, based on all the feedback that we get from really happy 
um, customers who, who've ordered these is that's exactly what we've achieved. And, and they're always like over the moon and it's awesome to be a part of that. So last time we talked to you, David, you left us with kind of, kind of a tease at the end of the episode. You told us you had a bunch of upcoming projects like after the after the character art that you were working on and you weren't ready to tell us what they were yet and we've gotten to watch those roll out over the course of the last year um and there has been a lot uh so, so i think i think i have the timeline on this right first thing that came out after after character art was maps so can you tell me a little bit about how that came to be what's going on there yeah, happy to. So we started collaborating with some wonderful um, cartographers, battle map artists. There's so many great ones out there. Um, Jay Paku is one of them. Uh, they're fantastic. I think a lot of people uh, are familiar with them. Love them. Um, Lost Document is another. Um, and oh, uh, Lonely Mapper and Rusty Maps that I could go on. They're all fantastic. So one by one, we started working with each of them. And essentially, we write box text for all the sort of keyed areas of the map. So it's similar to what you'd find in an adventure module. I mean, people are familiar with that. But just like our scenes on an individual level, the map itself is written in a way that it can be dropped into any campaign. Like it's it's sort of a generic fantastical setting. Um, but by generic, I don't mean boring. I mean, like it's a place where adventure can happen and the type of adventure is up to the GM. They get to, you know, plot, you know, plot the villain and, or the uh, MacGuffin or whatever, you know, but, uh, it's a fully like described and fleshed out area battle map whatever is depicted in the map and we, we've got tons of them now we publish um, our publishing schedule for the battle maps is bi-weekly and we've been doing that since since we launched them so there's now a ton of them we have a really elegant digital way that we, we publish those battle maps and so people can go check it out the number of them are free you can zoom in and out you can pan around and then as you sort of mouse over those key areas of the map they um they just sort of glow the area glows and then the box text appears in a tooltip above and it's all very nice um and it's a way for a gm to homebrew their adventure but not have to do all the prep themselves i mean like there's so like just a battle map uh, a great battle map with you know 10 or 20 descriptions that go with it that is potentially like multiple sessions of we we all know how long it takes to play the game um, <laughs> so so yeah we've done we've done maps we we do those every uh, two weeks as i said and they're fantastic super popular um, i think we just published one the other day in fact very cool and have you gotten to see these in use anywhere yeah well i um People, we have a Foundry VTT module, uh, and all of our content gets synced through it. And um, I've seen, uh, we also have a super active Discord community, and our users will give us like kind of like your Twitter threads, your running Twitter threads when you're <laughs> in game, you know, we get the, the recaps of who lived and who who perished, you know, the night before. And uh, I've seen a lot of screen caps, and 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 of course. I'm also, you know, a player and a GM myself, uh, and and I've used like you know, a bunch of our maps, um, and you know, they they never let me down personally, but I might be a bit biased. <laughs> so I got to say, I didn't realize that the Foundry uh, uh, module existed. So we actually have a GM right now that's running One Ring for us through Foundry, uh, and I know he's investing a lot of time putting together kind of this homebrew thing on top of one ring two, uh, two E um, we're going to have to tell them that the foundry hookup exists because yeah, being able to get the maps, have the box text be able to describe probably would carry him a long way. I know he's spending a lot of time on this and that's exactly yeah. what you make it for. Right. And not only does the module um, sync the map and like our thousands of descriptions, but it actually has the, Journal entries pre-placed in all the right places. All the light walls are done. Light sources are done. And in some cases, I think we have like day-night transitions set up. I mean, they're oh, that's totally cool. like foundry ready. It's great. That's awesome. Okay. 
So, hey, if you're listening at home and you're like, I want to touch that, we'll have a link in the show notes. <laughs> and again, correct me if I have the timeline wrong on this. So I think the next thing that I saw from Describe last year was you announced a scholarship. We did. Wow. And we were inspired by, and we are you know, continually inspired by the community. And, and I guess it goes beyond inspiration. Like we feel indebted to the community. I mean, we're still a young publisher and we've been so warmly received and we're so grateful for that. Um, and so we thought that this was a, a nice way for us to give back um, and, and, and also recognize the talent that's out there um, and the, you know, the talent, but also like the dreams and the hopes and the plans and the ambition and aspiration, all those good things, because it's all necessary to create the next great, you know, uh, adventure and story um, in, in, in this, uh, in, in this industry. Um, so we, we launched a scholarship um, and we received, and we kind of, we set out fairly loose criteria it was not like there was a financial component um there's also some educational components and then there's um sort of networking although i kind of hate that term <laughs> that, that <laughs> a bit of jargon but you know it can't can be very valuable but there's a sort of a networking component and then there's a a um kind of like advisory component where the the winner um gets to spend time chatting with Ben and I, my, my co-founder, uh, Ben and myself, and then have a separate meeting with um, our editor, our lead editor, and a separate meeting with um, one of our writers who is a veteran in the industry. It's worked for all the big publishers. Anyway, so um, we didn't want it to be exclusive to just, you know, students. It, it could be for someone who is you know decided to take a different path or they're you know it's sort of post school and um they need the funds and the guidance for a big project you know in the in the space that sort of thing anyway so we received um 38 wonderful um inspiring applications and uh, and we just selected a winner and four finalists and announced that um in a newsletter and uh, and there's a there's also a page on the site where we um, where th that contains this information contains the wonderful writing samples that we received from the winner and the finalists and some some background information on uh, the winner and I'm very proud to announce uh, the winner is a gentleman by the name of Marco Torres and uh, people can go to the site and read about uh, Marco and uh, his background and his accomplishments and his plans. Um, we were su super impressed by him and everyone else, as I said, and uh, we, we look forward to doing it again this year. Congratulations, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. So yeah, like a, a scholarship is kind of an unusual track for, for I mean, especially a new publisher so it's really exciting that describe is going that route um yeah good for you guys yeah really solid <laughs> it was fun yeah i can't wait to do it again so there is something else that i would like to hear about i don't um, know if there's it, anything else we really need to talk about well, no it, it sounds <laughs> like there's been a little more activity um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audioable and say that we should probably talk about this now. <laughs> go, 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 go away. <laughs> go into the corner. That was such a bad pun. That was so wing, so wing lady. That was for you. <laughs> audioable. Oh, I'm sure wing lady will appreciate that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think I know what you're referring to. So, <laughs> yeah, let's talk tell about us about the Sonic, the Sonic Library. Library. Yeah. <laughs> we will return to your scheduled programming shortly, or we are currently experiencing technical difficulties. All right. Hey, folks at home. I know it feels like we went in that ad break just a few seconds ago. 
Uh, for us, it's been a couple weeks because actually we finished recording the podcast and then we lost some audio. Uh, luckily, David Chilman was wonderful enough to come back with us. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to pick it up from here. We didn't have to explain any of that. It's such a pleasure to be back. Uh, I thought I was going to have to wait a little bit longer before I saw everyone's faces and heard your voices. Um, but it is is good to be back here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No, we're glad Welcome to have back. you. And, and for those at home, just, you know, enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right. So, David, the last thing that we, we had talked about uh, is the Sonic Library. So we want to hear more about the Sonic Library. Yeah, and I'm excited to tell you about it. So Describe's mission from the start has been to help GMs create super immersive world building, you know, evocative um, descriptions and, um, you know, that theater of the mind experience and that give the players, the, you know, the feeling that they're really in inhabiting that world. You know, they're in those places. They're at the Rowdy Tavern. They are creeping through the dark dungeon. You know, we started for, for the first year um, or, or so achieving that immersion through language, right? Which is, you know, cognition. That is... A really great way to get right into the way that the way the way the brain works and imagines. Once we had you know published you know five or six seven thousand scenes, we started thinking, and this was about a year ago. How can we take describe in another dimension, sort of at the same time, um, another sort of to add another layer of, of media, so to speak, um, that would elevate that immersive experience um, and that would give the GM more tools um, in their toolbox to, to create that immersive world. And, um, you know, audio just made sense. Like that was the natural extension or evolution. We reached out to um, someone who we thought was the best composer in the TTRPG space, um, not just for music, but more specifically, and I think importantly, for ambiences and sound effects. Um, because when, and it's it's a subtle, it can be a subtle thing. Um, it it can be one of those things that you 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 can't like the players might not exactly be able to put their finger on it, but they feel like they are present in the location that's being described because they're hearing the description of it you know, the, the awesome box text, but, but it's also because maybe they hear like the dripping of like drops, you know, falling off of the slag might, or, um, you know, they hear the echo and reverberation of footsteps on, on stone. Michael Gelfi is just an awesome composer. So we reached out to him and, and long story short, um, his studio and describe started working together closely. Um, and, 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 very earnestly for for the better part of a year, um, and it wasn't just figuring out like how to publish a bunch of audio that that that's you know not too difficult. But what we wanted to do was integrate um, the text and the descriptions with the ambiences and sound effects and and music, um, and for the two libraries to not be independent of one another, um, but really, really married together. That's what we released uh, just this past November. It's what we're super excited about right now and really um, trying to get the word out. I think it's just an awesome new uh, resource for, for GMs. Yeah, so I, I, I took the Sonic Library for a spin uh, in a game that I'm running with Tyler, where in this game, uh, they were walking into a village and so I'm describing what they're seeing and I'm talking about carts and these sort of things. And, and yeah, in, in the ambient, the background music, you could hear like chickens clucking and you could hear like a goat or something like this, uh, you know, something with hooves. I don't know. A ruminant. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you heard carts rolling by and, and you hear like voices, but it's not distracting um, in that same place. It's the new Dragonlance adventure is, is what I'm running. There's a point where a bell signifies something important. So the ability to have that ambient background music going and then be able to cue a sound and actually inject a sound on top of it 
when that happened, they knew they were waiting for a bell. The bell rings without me having to say anything. They're like, as a party, they're like, oh, we've got to go to the village center because it's time for that thing that we were anticipating. And so being able to drive that where it, it just connected, like the players immediately understood it at the same time that I was bringing them into the world felt very powerful. Yeah. It, audio is such a great way to create those magical moments, like just as you described. And I, and I think the other thing that you described perfectly was, you know, all those little background sounds like the, the carts wheels turning on the dirt road and, and that sort of thing. They're minor points um, in the sense that as a GM, you kind of have to have an economy of words as a GM. You don't want to give long monologues um, as I've sort of done on your podcast and, you know, players get, <laughs> get, get bored of those. They don't want to hear it. So, so as the gym, you don't want to mention the, the chickens clucking and the wheels turning and the, you know, wood chopper chopping and all those things. But if the players just hear it in the background, their minds can multitask. They're listening to the description. They're hearing those things. Their mind is without even realizing it, the drawing inferences about the various types of activities and, and events that are going on all around them. And that's what teleports people into the fantasy world. And it does it just with, you know, really um, rich immersion and, and it does it really, you know, instantly and, and naturally. Um, and that's what the Sonic library is all about. Um, it, it's, it's giving that tool, as I said, to GMs. Um, and the other thing that we've, built into this library is the platform to bring that audio um, at a really high bit rate, totally synchronized for all the players and the GM to virtual players. So you can use it at the table if everyone's playing in person, but there's also um, an integrated web player. It just runs off of a um, your browser tab. You can minimize it once it's playing and everyone, no matter where they are in the world, is going to hear you know, this terrific uh, high quality audio at the same time. And we've all, we've even added uh, VoIP, really high quality um, VoIP, totally optional. If you don't want to use it, if, if, if everyone's using Discord, that works too. You can just um, sort of ignore that feature, but it's there for, for those who want to use it. Yeah, so vo voice over IP. So we can actually talk to one another through the, the web portal without having to have something like Discord running in the background, right? Exactly. And for all of the players, it's they, they don't need to pay anything. I mean, just a free Describe account is all they need to, to start listening to that stream. Now, is there any plan to add video to that? We have so many plans, <laughs> but that's actually not, not what okay. we've talked about. And I, if you have any any ideas about how we could do it in an interesting way, I'd love to hear it and steal that idea uh, potentially. Um, but, you know, I'll start thinking about that. Um, yeah. Hmm. And how easy would you say this is to integrate with a virtual tabletop program? So we already um, have an awesome uh, Foundry VTT module. It currently syncs all of our text and all of our battle maps that we publish. Um, and it, even when it pulls in the battle maps, they have light walls and lighting. Um, and in some cases, day night transitions already set up. Um, and the, there are journal entries placed on it, like describing the various areas of the battle map. We are in the middle of um, adding audio, including proximity fading to our uh, Foundry VTT module. Um, I don't have a, I, I, I expect it to be done very soon, maybe a matter of weeks. Um, we're excited to, to extend that support to, to Foundry. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I did a demo with a different product targeting a different purpose, but now you have me very excited. When you talk about proximity, so it's one thing to say like, oh, you know, as I move away from the village, the sound of the village gets quieter, or I move into the inn, the sound of the street gets quieter. Will you also do the voiceover IP diminishing as I get further away from another character? So that, unlike video, is something that yeah. we've talked a lot about. I don't have a timeline for that, but, and, and I, 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 I don't want my, my partner, Ben, is going to be like, <laughs> why did you say that? Like, you, why did you put that out there? But no, but we have what we 
believe our platform can support in the future is that, but also the ability, and I don't think anyone has ever tried to do this before, um, but we really, we really want to do it, the ability to split the party. And by that, I mean, you could, if half the party says, we're going into the force, and the other half says, we are going in up that mountain pass, they those two groups um, could go their separate ways and hear completely different ambiences and have VoIP, but be unable to hear like across the group, like to be separated by distance. And so they can, so the GM can talk to everyone, um, but they can't, you know, those two separated groups can't hear each other, but can speak amongst themselves. And um, that is a much more realistic. It's, it's, it's something the platform can support. Um, It will take a bit more work. It's I don't have a timeline, but it's absolutely a goal of ours. um, And we'll get there someday. And I think it'll be super cool. That is super cool. I love that. That's really awesome. Yeah. So this this sounds extremely powerful. Like um, just background music, individual sound effects, eventually the ability to split the party and potentially like fading voice chat over distance and foundry. Like that all sounds like a bunch of really, really powerful features. Now in in a lot of cases, complicated software means a complicated interface. So I am not an audio engineer. I am not very good at these things. How easy is it to actually use this? I, I'm right there with you, Tyler. Um, and one of the things that sort of guided us during um, the development process was looking at other solutions that are out there, um, all of which we've tried, um, some of which I have personally used extensively and enjoyed. Um, and have tremendous respect for. But obviously, we want to put out something that is worthy of GM's attention and time um, and investment. And so we looked at, you know, what are sort of the pain points and what are areas where um, we can try something different or, or potentially better. And one of the things I found was with some of the tools, there was kind of, as you said, um, I won't say unnecessary complexity, but like the the opportunity cost is not not worth it. I think in many cases, like it doesn't add more value than it than it costs in in terms of the added complexity. And um, so we've really tried to keep it simple. Um, so like you can do ambience layering with our platform, which is awesome. You could like if you had a a crumbling castle in a swamp you could play the swamp ambience and the crumbling castle ambience and the two ambiences will layer together beautifully and um but that being said we don't require a lot of layering to create a lot of different ambiences so what i mean is like we might offer 20 different discrete ambiences for like campfire in a forest, campfire in a forest at night, like campfire in a forest uh, when it's windy, uh, campfire in a forest when it's snowing, and on and on it goes. Rather than you know requiring sort of transferring that the the labor um, over to the GM to layer it all up, it's just like a perfect ambience, like pre-mixed, you know, by Michael Gelfie, an expert. Like all the levels are right you know, are, are just right. And all the elements are there and you read the title, you know exactly what you're getting. All you have to do as a GM is hit play. And, um, and you can type in a few keywords and, you know, quickly find that perfect ambience for, for that scenario. And that philosophy, those principles of UI and UX are definitely going to continue to guide us going forward. We are investing very heavily right now in this tool um, even though we just launched it, we are working on it, making it better um, every day. Uh, our amazing subscribers don't necessarily see um, the, you know, the the work product, like the changes on a day to day basis, but they're coming very soon, and the tool will get, you know, even easier to use as time goes on. Not more complicated as we add new features. 
So one of the things I really like about Describe is that you've given people permission to use Describe's text in their own creations, like even if they're potentially selling them. Um, do players, do users of Describe get the same capability with the Sonic library? Like, could I prepackage some uh, ambiances? Ambiances? Can I prepackage a bunch of sounds and link to them from like something on Drive Through RPG and say, "Hey, here's my adventure. If you want the soundtrack, here it is on Describe." Can I do that? You absolutely can um, for for a few different reasons. So, number one, um, all of the ambiences, music, and sound effects are original compositions that Describe has you know the full rights to, and that's not often the case um and so you can as it, if you're a streamer let's say you can be confident that when you play something you're not you know going to be receive of what do they call them a strike or something i'm not a streamer but you're not going to get in any trouble with anyone the other um, aspect of that is compositions by default are set to private but you can flip a switch and set them to public and at that point, you can share the link. It's very easy to share with other members of the community or potentially your, your customers if, you, if you're selling an adventure module. And you can have box text and ambiences and music and sound effects, um, you know, all pre-configured in a composition that's been set to public, that's been shared with, um, with your readers. And they can pull it up and and if they have the um, composer subscription or the celestial subscription that provides audio on our platform, they can uh, listen to the soundscape that you've created for your adventure. All right, David, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> awesome. So where can folks find you on the internet? We are um, at Describe.com and that is D-S-C-R-Y-B.com. Um, we talked a lot about the Sonic Library. I would be remiss not to mention that there is a two-week free trial um, for the Composer subscription. So there's no reason for um, a GM who's curious not to try it out and see if it adds value to their games. Um, and uh, we and come by our Discord and say hi, and we'd love to we'd love to chat. Awesome. And we'll stick a link in the show notes. So if you're looking for Describe.com, you're looking for their Discord, you'll be able to find it there. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on RPGBot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. And just be like that, like that, guy i hate that's frustrating yeah Yeah. (laughs)